0: side to the west. This is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host Jason Gerber and tonight we welcome the Guardians back from the All-Star break, look back on the Browns, try to find something happening in sports outside of the land, and then we are going off the field and things are going to get pretty rocky. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Danko is here.
1: Hey Gerbs, thanks for having me.
0: You bet, buddy. Meat packing technician, Chuck Rambaldo, is here as well.
2: <laughs> technician. Meat packing. All right. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm interested what the technician part of meat packing is. Let's, let's, this let's is an it. intriguing
0: opportunity with LSG Sky Chefs, where you get to assemble and pack raw meat, but there's more. You also get to wash, clean, and cut raw meat, <laughs> all while enjoying the beauty of everything Philadelphia has to offer. Want to experience the birthplace of America while you assemble raw meat? Your dreams are all on Indeed.com. Oh, is that an hourly? Oh, it's, or hourly, salary? it's hourly. It's hourly. Got to be hourly, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't start packing up the family just yet, Chuck. Why don't you guys? No, yeah, why don't tough, you guys right. stay?
1: This is like the next Rocky movie, Chuck. You all you, all you, man.
0: That's right. That's true.
2: That's
0: yeah. In
2: Philly, shit.
0: All right, fellas, let's get started. We'll stay at home in the land, starting with our Guardians week cap, recapping the week for the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians ended the first half on a hot streak that continued as Jose Andres and Emmanuel basically won the all-star game for the American League, and the team came back to get a split in a four-game series against the White Sox this weekend. Heading into next week, they are 48-46, three games behind the Twins for first place. A split with the White Sox is good, but the Guardians were one Brian Shaw away from being 3-0 and going into this afternoon's game. Happy with the split or upset that they missed an opportunity?
1: I'm leaning towards upset with the, that they missed an opportunity only because as I was watching these games, especially the doubleheader uh, was that Saturday, uh, where they mounted an amazing comeback to win the first game, right? Like, okay, great. We, we just took two games already. Great. Worst case scenario, we split. I was feeling pretty good. And then the way the, the, way the nightcap went, to come back and take the lead four to three late in the game after having hit nothing all day long. I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. Is class A available again, get him back out there. And uh, let's, let's take three or four for sure. And just to come back and then lose it late. It was kind of a, Oh man. And then you, you, you turn around and you look towards Sunday and you're like, all right, Bieber's starting. We got a good chance. We got a good chance. And that dude was just giving up gopher balls today. So, um, I feel disappointed. I feel like we had an opportunity, especially with Bieber starting today to take three out of four here and distance ourselves from the White Sox and be really close to the twins. And now we're closer to the White Sox and further from the twins after, after all of it.
2: (laughs) It was super disappointing. So I had to, as we talk about my wife's pregnant, nine months pregnant. So I had to get in the car and go get her a milkshake last night. And I turned on the game when they're mounting that comeback. I'm like, this is this is phenomenal. This is great. And then I ask my phone, Hey, what's the score of the guardians game? And I see they lost. I don't know. You know, like it's a lot of double headers line up and, and I don't know if Tito's looking towards today's game. I don't think that's really it, but I think there might be something to be said, especially because the the guardians have played so many double headers. I wouldn't mind if they went back to being seven innings like they were during COVID year. Uh, Maybe you, you just, especially with the way this team is taxed with double headers, but yeah extremely disappointed because they battled back uh i love the fact that during the radio broadcast i could hear them booing and chanting fire tony because oh, that i love tony Larusso, <laughs> you know how much i love that guy it was so great and then they lost and today was a shit sandwich so yeah i'm extremely disappointed i thought you take th- you take three or four uh that's the way to start the second half of the year
0: yeah it's too bad i don't understand and i know that you know nobody in the media or on you know, guardians Twitter could understand why Brian Shaw was marched out for a second inning. I don't understand how that prepares you anymore for today or saves an arm for today. It just didn't make any sense. And like Brian Shaw more and more ceases to make sense in this bullpen. But overall, you know what, if it was any other point in the season and we went to Chicago and Chicago has been playing really well and left there with a split, I think we'd be okay. So sucks that they didn't get it done. Uh, Sucks the way that it happened. But overall, you know what? A split coming out of there against a good team is pretty good, I think. So I'm going to say that I'm I'm happy with with getting the split. The next big thing coming for the Guardians, aside from the games that they're going to be playing next week, obviously is the August 2nd trade deadline. The team needs a catcher that can hit. We've got a bunch that can't. I think we need one that can. Uh, a bullpen arm younger than Shaw. That shouldn't be super hard to find. Yeah, throw a dunk. And probably... <laughs> Uh, a first baseman. Let's talk untouchables and touchables. <laughs> touchables being people you'd be willing to trade. I think we've agreed already in, in prior episodes, or maybe just on breaks when we're talking about it, uh, that Ahmed Rosario and Fran Mill Reyes are both touchables. Do we agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think we would also agree that, at a minimum, J-Ram and Andres Jimenez are also untouchables. Yes, Yes. So position player or hitter anywhere else on that team, is there another touchable player on the guardians right now that you'd be willing to move for the right deal before the deadline? Other than the two guys we listed, I
2: I don't see why anybody else on that lineup is untouchable. I mean, I I like Quan and Naylor and all those dudes, but uh, if, if you're trying to better this team, where is it? I mean, I know they're loaded, and that's probably a much deeper conversation in the minors with with prospects that can probably become packages. But on this lineup, I don't think anybody's untouchable.
1: This, this is an interesting Guardians team because it's made up of of so many guys that really could be, or maybe in some situations should be, in the minors still. <laughs> so who else would would we be willing to trade position player wise? I guess there is no limit to that. I would trade anyone on this roster outside of Jimenez and. Ramirez, that might be it. You know, I mean, as I, I, is, is awful as it would be to see like a Steven Kwan get shipped off or, or, you know, Nolan Jones or, or any of these guys that were like, wow, they're having a great year. This is great as, you know, we're kind of drawn towards them. It, Hey, you know what? If it's for Juan Soto, just sayonara, <laughs> you know, like, here we go. Let's let's get what we can. and And that's, it's like you're dealing a bunch of prospects at the major league level and the minor league level, except for, J. Ram and Jimenez.
0: This is wild. I, I'm really <laughs> surprised that that that's the answer. And I think maybe I should have asked this differently. I think I should have had there has to be something in the touchables category that like somebody would actually want to touch. Because I think obviously like um, <laughs> Austin Hedges and the Big Urn <laughs> <Earn> and Luke <laughs> Maley or Maley or Mail or whatever that guy's name is, those guys are all touchable, but I don't think anybody's interested. You yeah, know, it's right. nobody's touching those guys. I'm surprised with the willingness to move on from young talent, the way you guys are saying. My thought is, is, other than the the players who nobody would want to touch, I'm not sure I'd be willing to move away from any of kind of like the core guys, the Straw, Quan, Naylor group. I think I'd want to keep those guys uh, because I want to see where that talent is going in the next few years. And I don't know if everybody on the team that would be left is good enough to make this a a world series contender if you brought in Juan Soto. I just don't think you would you'd have one really great player in the middle of the lineup, two with with Jose, and then not a whole bunch around there anymore. So I think it's the wrong time to make a move for a guy like Soto. I think we would hold on to most of these young guys. But you guys, despite how much fun we've had following this team all season long, want to just get rid of all these fun guys.
1: Well, no, that's team. not that's not Haters. the question you asked us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's
1: <laughs> who is tradable. So, everybody,
0: <laughs> everybody. Well, no, I see. I, well, maybe you guys just misunderstood the question because I was saying like who's touchable and who's untouchable is like who would you actually want to see go or would you be okay with seeing them go
1: just hedges and Reyes (laughs) get out
0: (laughs) (laughs) anybody in the starting rotation that's touchable you'd be okay with giving up
1: in the starting rotation who would that that this is actually a tougher question because I feel like this starting rotation is the reason this team will be competitive and contenders here in the in the very near future and even this year for a bit right so in the current starting rotation who would I be willing to give up he's hurt now I was going to say maybe a Savali I don't know maybe a Quantrill but those are two names that I picked them because they're the two that are they're doing okay this year you can't touch a guy like McKenzie or Bieber that's for sure so maybe a Savali or a Quantrill but at the same time I feel like man they're so young what are you giving, what are you getting back for that, right? What are you getting back for for such a young talent that's already had major league experience? So I guess that would change my opinion a little bit, but those two, if I had to pick.
2: It depends what the return is, I guess, if we're framing trade talks here. I think McKenzie's the only one that I would think should be untouchable.
1: Wow. So, well, that's a good point though, right? Because if, yeah. you, if you put Bieber out there and you got you got to haul back like this is now Bieber's way younger than than Kluber was when when the the guards did that and you know but at the same time like if that's what pulls back some haul all right I don't know I don't know
0: (laughs) it's a little bit like we were talking last week with Soto is if you trade Bieber now you're you're giving up years of control Mm -hmm. where the, the team that's getting him back is gonna know hey we've We've got him for at least two, maybe three more years still, before we really have to be forced into signing him to like a huge deal. And so there's a ton of value in that. I still think it's a little bit early on Bieber. I'm I'm kind of with you, Phil, that the the guy that I'd be most willing to move on from is Savali. I mean, he's already 27 years old, so he's not quite as young as some of these other guys. And like just the weird injuries. You know, this guy is, you know, finger, his butt, his, you know, what else he hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that in my locker room. So I think that he would be, if there was going to be a guy to move on from the starting rotation. And again, of course, uh, assuming that you're getting something good in return, I think it would probably be Savali. All right, well, we'll probably talk more trade stuff next week because we'll still be getting a little bit closer to it uh, next weekend. But coming up this week for the guards, they hit the road for another. We really love the Central Division road trip. Starting with four games against the Red Sox and three against the Rays in Tampa, are we coming home with a winning record at the end of the week?
1: I think we might be catching the Red Sox at a good time. Although going into Fenway is never great, right? It's just a weird place to play baseball. I, we may be catching them at the right time. I mean, their their run differential is hilarious now after the, uh, yeah. the what was a twenty five <laughs> to two or whatever the hell that game was. But they're they're struggling a bit, so maybe that's good. And then we go down to Tampa to. To take on the Rays, which is a good team. I, man, so we've got, what is that, seven games, you said? Four against yep. the Red Sox, three against Tampa. Can we go four and three? I'm going to hope like hell we do, but I'm going to say we go three and four. I
2: think we can. I think Phil mentioned it. You're, you're catching the Red Sox hopefully at the right time, and this is a team that plays a lot of games, 18 games in 17 days. Uh, they don't have another off day till August something. So even though that's that's what's laid out and you're playing two good teams, I, I might go the Gerbs route here. I'm going to yeah. say five oh. and two. I'm going to go five and two. I like it. I know.
0: That's so, that's <laughs> yeah. so not me. Yeah. I like it. I'll stick with you because I think they I think they have a chance. They have a winning record. I think they're, the Guardians are playing really good baseball now. This weekend series could have been a lot different. Bieber was not as bad as the scoreboard would tell you he was today. He had one bad inning. And then it was actually pretty good for the rest of the day. So uh, I think the Guardians are playing well. I think the Red Sox aren't. So there's a chance for a good week here coming up for the Guardians. But as you know, and as we're about to get to right now, I'm always pretty much a glass half full guy. But let's move on from our Guardians week cap and jump into another segment of 13 Shades of Brown, our 13-week preview of the upcoming Brown season. Seven weeks to go. This week I thought we would don our brown rose-colored glasses. To look back at 2021 so we can look forward to 2022. Positives and negatives from 2021. Uh, The defense definitely got better, especially as the season went on. Uh, The offense definitely got worse. OBJ was on the team for a while. Do you remember that? Um, Then he wasn't.
2: Yes. Uh, Miles
0: Garrett set a team record for sacks. Uh, The offensive line was almost never totally healthy. Uh, Week 14, the Browns came off their bye and beat the Ravens. They were seven and six at the time and absolutely in play for the division. Then they lost to the Raiders, the Packers, and the Steelers three weeks in a row. They finished the year eight and nine, third in the division. When the season started, I think we all expected they were going to make the playoffs. And I look back at it today and say, all right, gosh, they actually were pretty close right up until the end. So looking back, wasn't last season better than we thought it was? <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
2: Um, just because our expectations were so high for the team and coming off that that Steeler playoff win, we all thought a deep playoff run and AFC championship would be possible. And we were, we were all wrong. So I, I think it was... Worse than we thought it was going to be, but only because of our expectation. There were some real issues that we found out during the year uh, with the team, whether they were locker room issues or injury issues. So, just dis- disappointing. Not. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a smidge better than we thought it was going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely not better than what we thought it would be. Uh, you know, you laid it out there. And if I remember correctly, the the Browns were actually in playoff contention all the way up until the second last week of the season, the way the season panned out. So from that perspective, they could have salvaged a shit season. And at least even though it it did not even meet our expectations, uh, gotten somewhere with it and they didn't. So, and that's just the, the nature of, of, of the season, right? Like, none of us thought in a 17 game season that nine wins would get you into the playoffs. Um, And I can't imagine that'll be the the case going forward either. But uh, so, no, I don't think it came. Not only did it not come close to meeting our expectations, I think it felt it fell way, way short on on many levels. Like, you know, Baker's injury aside, I, I feel like that team was built to win games, even with a quarterback out there, not as good as a healthy Baker Mayfield. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. I don't know. Like I, I, have already turned that page. I don't want to look back on it. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. You're making me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: mean, it, it I thought this it, would <laughs> help frame us up for like getting ready for this, this yeah. coming season. I didn't mean yeah. to um, ruin your no, night. No, no, <laughs> you're not, I, I,
1: the Browns will never ruin my night, but the, um, I wonder how much, if I were to go back and look, how many complaints I would have against the coaching more than the personnel on the field. And that, that's a scary thought going into the season with the same coaches. Yeah. But we need the same coaches, right? We need that. We need to have that consistency going forward. We need to have forward. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. So hopefully they've learned something from it, too. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I, I think it fell way short of our
0: expectations and was worse than what we thought. We definitely thought it was bad at the end of last season. But if we look back on it now with you know, several months in the rearview mirror, it wasn't actually as bad as maybe we thought it was. You know, don't forget that Raiders game was like a COVID game, right? Like we, like our third string quarterback yeah. was playing. You know, we had like none of our running backs playing. Big Nick, baby,
1: <laughs> I can't believe you remember
0: his name. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I, I don't get to say Big <laughs> Nick that often, so I wonder if that nickname goes as well for him in insurance sales or whatever he's doing now as it did for him as a quarterback. Probably not, though. No. <laughs> yeah i agree with you guys um i'm still pretty pissed off about last season so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up and from now on i promise we're only gonna look forward to all of the joy we're expecting in 2022 but fellas we're gonna end it there we are going to take our first break we'll come back we'll head out on the road and try to find something in major sports to talk about Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road. And can we agree that the last week has just been, like, the worst week of the year for sports? (laughs) It's just, like, nothing happening. NBA Summer League is done. The World Games are over. There's no football, (laughs) real or spring, happening. I don't really count the All-Star Game. There wasn't even a hot dog eating contest on TV this week. So we're really digging deep for things to talk about on the road, but we're going to start in the NFL. Kyler Murray signed a five-year, $230 million deal, $160 million guaranteed last week. Murray is 22, 23 and one as a starter in the NFL Cardinals were 11 and six last year and then got smoked by the Rams in the playoffs with this contract signing. Are we already at a point where the Deshaun Watson contract is starting to look like a bargain?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, the, the thing I found most interesting about that contract is, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you don't have anything. And you're giving a guy with a losing record, that kind of money an undersized, a great athlete. And he's a really good quarterback. So I'm not trying to shit all over him, but it just, that's an ungodly amount of money. When you think that, you know, you have the guy, even though the front office thought maybe he's not the guy three months ago or at the end of last season, he scrubbed his social yeah. media account and all that. Yeah. It's a weird scenario. Good on him though, to get that money. But I don't know.
1: I'm not ready to say that we got a deal with the Sean Watson contract. Um, I think someone who might be pretty interested or pissed off, depending on how you look at this is Baker Mayfield. Cause I think Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield are the same. They, <laughs> they are the, they are the same NFL quarterback. Well. <laughs> so to speak, they, they, I think Baker might actually have a better record or close to it, you know, and you know, here's Baker trotting down to Carolina to, to take a pay cut to, to, earn his way yeah. back into the good grace of the NFL and his buddy, Kyler Murray just signed a, a guaranteed contract with the, the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't quite get me to feel better about the Deshaun deal, but it, it was a, it was an eyebrow raiser for sure.
0: At least we're headed in the right direction though. Right. I mean, if you <laughs> yeah, can get <laughs> 230 with 160 guaranteed for a losing record as a starter, I think we got to feel start to feel a little bit better about the, about the Watson deal, man. I I like, I like it. I, I think the biggest thing probably, and a far more serious question than that one is what does this mean for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, who is still not signed a new deal?
1: I think, uh, this was the greatest thing to happen. Both the Deshaun Watson and the Kyler Murray deal. Lamar Jackson's probably his training regimen has probably been disrupted by just trying to run with a heart on these last few weeks. Like there's, <laughs> like there's really no way for him to work out. I mean, he's got to be so excited about this, especially the Kyler Murray, Murray deal. All right, Baltimore, match that or better that. Better that because here's my resume, right? Like here's my resume, winning record, playoff wins. Um, MVP. MVP. MVP yeah. <laughs> of the league. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's loving that. That's got to be the next one to, to, to fall. And as a Browns fan, I honestly, in a weird way, I kind of want Baltimore to give him a Deshaun Watson-like contract. I, I feel like that's what we need in our division because he
0: won't sustain what he's done. Chuck, before you go. Lamar Jackson actually came out like Friday or Saturday and said that he's not concerned in his contract negotiations, which he's handling on his own. He doesn't no longer has an agent. (laughs) He's no, he's not concerned about what Mm. other quarterbacks sign. So with that piece of information, go ahead and let me know what you think this means for Lamar (laughs) Jackson. (sighs) first
2: thought you said he just came out in yeah, general like, Whoa. and i was yeah, like all oh, right man that's him great. If he came out him that's and great. Carl Nassib. i assume and i i'm wrong here because i i'm never going to sniff that amount of money in my entire working career i would want somebody else to represent my best interests other than me who have you know like do that for yeah. a living that's a, that's what i would want but you know obviously we all hate the ravens why does the media question him as an athlete and as a starting quarterback why does his own organization yeah. question him as an athlete and a starting quarterback where he he there was there was a run there where I'm like, th- this guy is going to revolutionize the way the quarterback position is played never gave him anything as far as a receiving core name one receiver who, who did anything to help him. Hollywood Brown to think of any one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, not, not there anymore. That, right. He's right. You know, he's gone. Uh, so it feels right. I, I would assume his third leg. He's using it uh, <laughs> during sprints because, like, he's got to be salivating at the amount of money and probably rightfully so that he deserves. You know, like every time I hear a national. Well, the league has figured him out. Have they? I would be more than happy to have him on my football team. That dude should be should be paid more than Kyler. yeah. He's got like three feet on yeah. Kyler Murray, and he's an MVP. <laughs> I don't know if he's. I don't ever think he's going to be the. High, I don't think that's Baltimore's mo there to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. But he's he should be paid as a top five quarterback. I would I would think I would hope for him. Yeah, and,
0: and I think the fact that that deal wasn't already done maybe means that there's more going on there than we thought and that things are not as solid for him there maybe uh maybe the raven's just are saying like hey no. we're not going to pay that kind of money for anybody because it can potentially like a franchise crippler to have that much money locked into one player i don't know having lived 20 years in like quarterback armageddon we, we're all willing to make that make that commitment because we need to have a quarterback Maybe they don't. Maybe that organization thinks they can move on from him. I don't know. But it's interesting. He should absolutely get more than Kyler Murray. He has earned more and played better than Kyler Murray ever has. Uh, And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't get more money. Well, fellas, that's it. Uh, That's about all the news (laughs) in big time sports (laughs) happening this week.
1: I kind of feel like the World Games missed something here. They should have started a week later. (laughs)
0: 100%. We got about yeah. 10 more minutes to film this segment, so here goes. All right. <laughs> okay. The Long Island Marathon was this past weekend in New York, and they witnessed a brand-new record. In the kids' 1K fun run, a duck named Wrinkle finished in 18 minutes and one second. A new duck marathon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <record. go off>. <laughs> <laughs> a duck named Wrinkle. According to NDTV.com, Wrinkle has become a regular in marathon events and hangs out with other ducks at the local park. Scale of one to five, one being a dog, five being a fish, where does a duck rank on the list of animals you would train to run in a race? What? Oh, it was a fish
2: can't run. I'm going to say a three only because my, my next door neighbors have two ducks uh, that that chips kind of into. So I'm, I'm familiar with uh, ducks as athletes. I see them run around the backyard and often into my yard. So I think you could. I, I don't know if they can make it the full mile or 3.1 or a half marathon. I don't I don't know how far they could go, to be honest, but I think they're they're more easily trainable than a fish. So I'm at a three. It's hard to argue with that logic.
1: It is. Uh, This is uh, (laughs) coming to me. Second has put me at a disadvantage, but, but it was a one K run, which is like just over half a mile, right? Like like 0.6 miles or some shit like that. Uh, I think, I don't know how to rank a duck. I, 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 I I would like to see (laughs) it. I I would, I would like to train a duck to run like that to me sounds fun and funny, but I can't go higher than I can or lower than a three. I mean, a dog is a one. That's awesome. (laughs) Let's train a dog. I, I, I mean, After that, like, all right, we're training horses. We're training all sorts of animals to run (laughs) this mile, right? So, yeah, it's a three. It's a duck. It's going to be rough training no matter what.
0: (laughs) I put it at like a four and a half. I mean, a duck's feet are just not made for running. Uh, Almost every (laughs) other animal's got better feet for running. I put the duck (laughs) at a four. All right. Moving on. It's not getting any better, fellas. (laughs) This is better Um, than Corfball already. (laughs) Great. So today was the last XFL showcase a series of events for players who are interested in getting into the XFL draft to show off their abilities. It's $250 to register to participate. That comes with a boxed lunch and refreshments (laughs) for $410. You'd also get the boxed lunch refreshments and a video of your workout. So 250 isn't bad. Um, Did we miss an opportunity not having one of us register for this? Yes,
1: absolutely. And we should have all all pitched in to get the video footage because that (laughs) is comedy gold, no matter who was out there, right? Like pay the 450, let's see the video footage of me trying to throw passes in the XFL. Are you kidding me? (laughs)
0: Chuck, I know you got another kid coming, but do you have an extra 250 bucks yeah. to participate in an XFL showcase? I don't know if you you need the
2: video only because everybody on this planet has a phone <laughs> that records video in high definition. So somebody what somebody else could have recorded, but yeah, you're probably right here. I'm, I gotta tighten up the purse strings. There's another baby on the way next week. So even though I, I'm thinking I missed an opportunity to play spring football for the How old am I now? 24th year in a row. I guess I'm just going to have to swallow it, swallow it and move on.
0: Just wasn't in the budget for this year. We'll see what happens next year. Moving on. Uh, Even in a slow week, we had new world champions crowned. Ricky Payway, I don't know, and Nick Hornstein uh, scrambled. I didn't write this. Ricky Payway and Nick Hornstein scrambled the opposition to claim the world egg throwing title this weekend at the 13th world egg oh, throwing boy. championships in the English village of sweet. Now egg throwing championships is a poorly titled event because it's not just throwing it's two team players playing catch each tossing the egg back and forth. And you take a step back as you get a catch. So in the end, the one who wins is the one who's furthest apart at the end with their egg still intact. Now, Peiwe and Hornstein won the event, set a world record. They were 85.96 meters apart at the end of the event. And I did the math for you, gentlemen, because I didn't want to leave you hanging with yeah, that. That's you. 282 feet apart. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What's more important, accuracy or soft hands? Is the, is it Hard boiled? No, it's definitely it just... not cooked. Yeah, no, it's okay. cheating.
2: I'm thinking it's hmm, when you're that far apart, accuracy. I assume you don't get to a world record level without soft hands if you're catching <laughs> egg. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say accuracy is more important. You gotta hit me right here, right in the box.
1: I have 40 years of experience in this, actually. In, in one of my family reunions, we do an egg toss
0: every year. Holy cow. You're the podcast yeah. expert on egg tossing.
1: Expert, Exactly. So the... Uh, <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> the uh, terrible.
1: <laughs> terrible. I'm a dad. It happens. Just roll with it. So I will tell you. So I've been doing this since I was about five. So like 1982, we took a couple of years off from the pandemic. Hopefully we're getting back, but there's an egg toss every single year in my family reunion. The soft hands are by far the most important part of that All competition. Right. Now that said, I can't imagine any of us in my family. 40 years of competition have gotten close to 200 and how many feet? I mean, the winner is like two hundred eighty-two. Like I got to hit a cutoff man. If I'm throwing it two hundred eighty-two. I can't throw anything. (laughs) (laughs) two (laughs) hundred (laughs)
0: eighty-two.
1: Even in my prime, (laughs) where's the, where's the cutoff man. Um, but, uh, yeah, the soft hands are key. It is, uh, accuracy can be made up for because you throw it, you lob it. So it's like catching a fly ball. So you can run under it. It's all about running under it and catching it. So it's all soft hands. It's soft
0: hands. For sure. I had no idea that quick feet were even part of it. All right. (laughs) Well, not done yet. Let's look at some recent fishing news. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Just five days after winning the Open Championship, Australian Florida man Cameron Smith participated in the Greater Jacksonville Kingfish Tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, and for a brief time was leading before succumbing to the pressure and to the and to legendary fisher joseph Schugart, are we witnessing the early stages of a bo jackson like multiple sport run <laughs> by cam smith yes
1: uh it, i had no idea cam smith would be good at anything other than golf and here he is now taking the champion fisherman to the to the ropes holy shit
0: joseph I, I,
1: sugar well I
0: mean, michael whatever, jordan who, of fishing
1: whoever he is he's clearly a a, a fisherman of, of record so wow good on cam smith man like that that mullet has some serious power i wonder
0: what else yeah. he's gonna try <laughs> i was trying to think of other sports but i could get into that chuck what do you
2: think does cam know I, I, yeah maybe i think uh he's picked two great sports that you can continue to participate in much <laughs> yeah, later in yeah. life so we might be looking at the makings of the greatest two-sport athlete of all time because he's got like 40 <laughs> more years of fishing and golfing <laughs> so i don't know if he's bo jackson yeah right he might be more brian jordan who i think played uh maybe yes, in a few yeah, major league yeah. baseball games as well as football games He's not Bo. Bo is the apex. Uh, he might be more Brian Jordan.
0: Well, it's interesting that you bring that up in that way because even if he has his hip deteriorate the way that Bo Jackson did, he can still fish and play golf, yeah. probably, yeah. you know, with like a right. fake hip. Yeah. you know, and so it, it gives him an advantage over Bo. How about that? All right, well, still talking fishing.
2: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Let's look at the more of the legal and business side of the professional fishing world. actually, I don't even know this is professional fishing. Kent Slaughter of Springfield, Missouri is suing Bass Pro Shops for not honoring a lifetime guarantee on- Socks. You're going to say socks. (laughs) Slaughter says that after years of exchanging his redhead lifetime guarantee, all purpose wool socks, every time they wore out Bass Pro changed its policy on them in 2021. When he tried to return four pairs of his gross-asshole socks, he was given socks that only carried a 60-day warranty. So if you're on the jury, how many pairs of socks are you awarding this guy?
1: Man, they went from lifetime to six months? What the fuck?
0: Like that's that's sixty days.
2: Oh, oh, two, two months.
1: months. Sixty days is even worse. Yeah. So how many pairs of socks? I'm gonna me personally. I'm gonna award this guy seventy thousand pairs of socks. So he just has every really. every <laughs> pair of sock he could ever have because <laughs> Bass Pro so- Shops and their and their their lack of like how do you how do you go from a lifetime guarantee to nothing? You, you can just do that. I mean, at least craft yeah, at least well. Sears Sears and Craftsman had the dignity to just close. They just closed. They just, they just closed, and now all my Craftsman tools with lifetime guarantees are for shit. Like it doesn't matter, but they closed. Bass Pro Shop's still open. They got to do a better job.
0: Keep in mind that if you award him 70 pairs of socks, his lawyer is going to get like 30 70,000. So 70,000. 70,000. So his lawyer is getting 30,000 yeah, pairs of socks. I think 40,000 for pair lawyer. of
1: socks will take care of his life,
0: right? <laughs> Chuck, you've obviously heard about this one close this obviously out. this this cunt gets zero <laughs> socks What? this what guy are you
2: wrong? I'm, I'm familiar i'm familiar with the story so this is this is that asshole who wears the same pair of socks for three years and then takes them back and he's he's gaming the system to get free socks. they lasted three years he wore them every day he's done this for however many years and then they switch it up on him, and he sues them. And I assume you read some of this, Garrett, read Like, he, he sued them on the basis, like, well, you're misleading by saying that they're, they're lifetime guarantees. It, like, like, I've bought socks, got them home, tried them on, they didn't fit right, I threw them out. This keeps going back trying to get more? Forget this guy. He gets zero socks. No, I hate this guy.
1: I didn't read any about this. I just, you know, I'm just basing this on lack of follow-up on the lifetime
0: guarantee. <laughs> yeah. And that, gentleman is how you fill a 20-minute segment when nothing's happening in sports. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to head off the field, and we are going to make sure that we narrowly avoid a big oversight. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field. And, fellas, we missed a birthday. And we almost missed the 40th anniversary of one of the great summer blockbusters. Earlier this month, Sylvester Stallone celebrated his 76th birthday 40 years ago. This summer, Rocky three was released <laughs> in theaters. So boys, I know you're not really prepared for this, but why don't we oh, talk some Rocky? I'm pretty sure we're prepared for this. <laughs> I'm always prepared for this. <laughs> Oh, uh, my Italian friends. All right. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen any of the Rocky movies, um, there's going to be some spoilers coming up, but why don't we start with uh, <laughs> Rocky's stat line? Uh, there were six movies in total, $1.9 billion in box office receipts for those six. And that's saying something considering that the average movie ticket price in 1976 when the original Rocky came out was $2.13. Rocky won the world title at least twice. Uh, His overall record was 57-23-1. That doesn't count his win over Drago because that was an exhibition, or how he won the Cold War for America. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that you guys have some strong feelings about this. Uh, We're going to dive right in. Which of these is Rocky's most valuable skill and I took all of these from the Rocky like Wikipedia it's got its own thing anyway this is the list of valuable skills iron jaw speed power indomitable will or public speaking <laughs> if you can change wow. you're, you're, and dis- I can you're change. disrespecting rocky <laughs> Oh, no, no. <laughs> Chuck, I'm going to let you lead us off with this one, oh. buddy, because I know how much you he, love these movies. He got,
2: he got much better at public speaking between two and three. It's like he, he had some coaching, I think, there, because he couldn't put two sentences together in one. By the time he got to three, he was great. The indomitable will or the iron jaw? I think it's the jaw, to be honest, because most of his shtick is taking as many punches as humanly <laughs> possible uh, to the point where... If you watch them now, it might become comical. Uh, but yeah, it's it's his iron jaw; he could take a punch from anybody for fifteen rounds and and still keep coming, which kind of lends itself to the will as a close second.
1: Yeah, those are it by far. No one got his ass kicked better than Rocky Balboa, and he just just his strategy <laughs> was, I'm going to let this guy kick my ass all fight. Because he'll be so tired of hitting me in the head that I'll be able to beat him at the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a terrible strategy, but it worked it worked for Rocky. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely the iron jaw with a very close
0: second, the the will, for sure. Oh, you guys are both wrong. It's public speaking. <laughs> <a> break, man. <laughs> he, he, he goes from, you know, Rocky <laughs> to if you can change... I can change. We can all change. And he ends the Cold War. Are you kidding me? He had the entire t- crowd in Russia chanting his name, and he comes out with that speech. Oh, man. Is is it possible that me not coming from a family where boxing was a big deal when I was a kid, like it was just not a sport we ever had on in the house, to becoming like a teenager and then my early college years and actually like watching boxing matches – is it possible that Rocky ruined me for boxing? Because the first time I saw a real fight, I was like, this is ridiculous. They're hardly even touching each other. (laughs) Am I right?
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. Especially in the heavyweight division. Like you, 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 you watch, you watch a real boxing match. Like, all right, these guys are just kind of dancing around and just playing with each other. No one's really like, wait a minute. Where are these unbelievable haymaker type punches thrown that connect with the jaw on, on a regular basis? Yeah, it, if that was your, this is what boxing is about. You were ruined for sure.
0: Chuck, if you had to pick one, you want to see a Rocky fight or a real fight in person? Uh, rocky sure. fight. Yeah, I've seen real fights. I've never seen a Rocky fight, so I want to see a Rocky fight. A uh, little bit of trivia. What was Paulie's day job? Oh, um,
2: shit. He was a mailman. Nope. Chuck. No. He worked at basically what Gerb offered up for indeed. Oh, that right. the the that's right. He was meatpacking.
1: That's right. That led packing. him into the packing. Oh God.
0: That's right. He, he was he was that. a meatpacker. He let Rocky in to to train by punching the meat. We're going to get to it in
1: Rocky One um, and. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Rocky bad guy: Apollo in Rocky Two, Clubber Lang in Three, Drago in Four, Tommy Gunn in Five. <laughs>
1: Man, Clubber Lang for me, because because of his off the field <laughs> approach, <Like> everything, <laughs> everything Clubber Lang said to the media, if you look it up right now, is phenomenal. Like this stuff, just ripping on Rocky and his sex life with his wife and just like, oh, my God, I'll show you a real yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Uh, Clubber Lang's trash talking is unbelievable. So he was my favorite villain. I never saw Apollo as a villain. I guess initially you did and, and it was bad, but Clubber Lang was the baddest of the bad guys.
2: There is no question. It is Clubber Lang, hands down. Uh, the o- well, I know his record, you said he had like 20 some losses. The only one you actually saw was Clubber Lang in, in the films. But what Phil's saying here, he he questioned his manhood. He had no respect for the elderly because <laughs> he basically killed Nick. He's the he's the only fighter that had uh, Rocky had to change his fighting style completely uh, to fight against. So um, it, it's him by
0: far. It's not even close. I, I think we've disagreed more tonight than we ever have <laughs> on this show, because I've, I've got to go with Drago. I mean, height of the Cold War. He's cheating because he's taking, like, steroids as he trains. Uh, he's always, like, angry, and he's got, like, spiky hair. He killed Apollo, and he didn't even, like, care about it. It's like, if he dies, he dies. Um, Drago was terrible. He was the worst, man. He choked his coach at the end. Remember that? Like, at the end of the fight, he gets all mad at him. He, like, throws him into the crowd and <laughs> stuff like that when everybody's turning on him. Drago is, is by far the worst villain, although Clubber is – Clubber's a pretty easy second choice what? was
1: oh, second choice. What? What? No, Dra- Drago was like no. a robot. Clubber Lang was a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem. Yes.
0: yes. Was it wrong of me not to include Thunder Lips on that list? In the flesh, baby. Yeah, absolutely.
2: That's there are many reasons why I think Rocky three is the the best film out of all of them i know what you're gonna know one yes one as a drama yes it won an academy award it's it's a phenomenal film but big picture three's the best you have so many fights in that movie you lose track then you have the fight at the end of the movie and you don't know who wins until creed comes out however Thunderlips, man because it's just <laughs> like lights out meatball when he drops the <laughs> yeah. leg on him. he throws him through the crowd and that too Kind of propelled Hulk Hogan into the stratosphere where we all loved yep. him and said our prayers and eat our vitamins because of him. There, <laughs> Thunderlips is the ultimate male. So yeah, I think that you you may have man. I might put him in the top three villains in the Rocky movie. Could
0: that was gonna her. be that was gonna be my next question. Wh- wh- where would you rank him, Phil? Is Thunderlips ahead of Drago in your mind as far as
1: villains? No, because uh, only because, and this is all hindsight, right? Thunderlips to me was a threat to Rocky, a bad dude in the moment. But then he posed for pictures with his family. It was, it was like the, it was the, it was the true, like, this is an exhibition. We're doing this for fun. This is crazy kind of thing. So I never really thought of Thunder Lips as a villain until you just brought it up. So he's definitely not above Drago. I would put him, let's see, let's go clubber Drago, Apollo (laughs)
0: Thunderlips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was the most effective Rocky training move running through what looks like a lot of garbage in Philadelphia, fully inverted sit-ups chasing a chicken, one arm pull-ups on a jungle gym, sprinting into the ocean with his best friend, <laughs> chopping down a tree, running up a mountain and yelling Drago <laughs> punching me. <meat. laughs>
1: Best workout ever.
0: <laughs> Surprised you
2: left out the swimming montage in Rocky Three yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's it's the beach running with the homoeroticism of it was very thick, even thicker than the volleyball scene in Top Gun, uh, because you see you see him competing against somebody where you don't in running. I guess he's competing against the mountain, uh, but uh, to see him. Then beat him because you get multiple sprint scenes and then the celebration in the water. It's the rippling muscles of way too short shorts. There's something very interesting going on about it, but you see the gains. So that's, that's all I'm here for is to see Rocky's gains so he can then be clever. So it's, it's that, it's that training montage for me.
1: Wow. This is one of the hardest questions you have ever, ever asked us on the pod. (laughs) I Honestly, I'm sitting here listening to Chuck give an excellent explanation and thinking about it. And I think, all right, here's what we witnessed. We witnessed Rocky have to catch a chicken to beat Apollo. Then we witnessed Rocky had to catch Apollo to beat Clubber Lang. Then we witnessed Rocky had to basically shoulder press his entire family, including Polly in a, in a wagon and then run up a mountain yeah. to beat, to, to beat
0: Drago. So he had to get away from the Russians. Remember, yeah, like he runs yeah, away true. from like their yeah, car. Absolutely. Where and yeah. then he
1: had to run up a mountain. I like the chicken thing. Cause I think that's a real deal. Like, all right, you can catch a chicken. You can dodge a wrench, but the, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but the, the montage in Rocky four, when he is, and it, because it's, because it's 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 the way it's filmed, right? Like you've got Drago in all like the state of the art computerized hitting things that have computer generated output or whatever, and Rocky's in there doing inverted sit-ups, shoulder pressing his entire family in a wagon, and then running up a mountain. Uh, that is my that's my favorite montage. But man, the other ones are really close. Like the the whole the whole Apollo montage to beat Clubber is fantastic. But that's basically what each each movie was about. What can I do to beat the next guy? And it went from chicken to Apollo to a mountain.
0: I mean, you're like the medical professional here. Which one of these is the most effective that we can work into our daily routines for staying if in If we shape?
1: tried to catch a chicken, we would tear multiple, multiple things in our bodies as 45 year old men. Like there's, there's just too many la- change of direction, lateral movements where we're right out. I think the only training montage that the three of us might be okay with that Rocky went through right now is probably the jogging up the steps and raising your hands over your head in
0: Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> that does sound cool. Uh, I think I, I think I did that when we were on like a family yeah. trip and we yeah. passed yeah. through Philadelphia. Yeah, anyone I, think can I do woke that. up one morning, yeah. went you for a run that. and did We could do, it. That. We do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you have to. Rocky five, when he's training Tommy Morrison and then he ends up fighting him at the end, Rocky Balboa, are both kind of, at one point, seem like they were going to be the capstones on the series. Which one of those movies should be gotten rid of?
1: Damn. Just when I thought you asked the hardest question ever. <laughs> 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 I'll be honest. I actually, I actually think I enjoyed Rocky Balboa better than I enjoyed Rocky F- 5. <laughs> Is that what they titled that one? I Get rid of that one. We
2: don't need it. For sure, it's it's that one. I have so many problems with that movie, but mostly it's because he was a world champion and somehow he lost all his money and had to move back into the place he used to live and then he started talking like he did in Rocky 1 again. Like, you're telling me you couldn't get a multi-million dollar analyst contract with HBO right. for boxing? <laughs> right. Like, no, like he's going back to the old neighborhood and he's got the racquetball and the dumb hat. So yeah, 5 was such a waste of time uh, for me. Uh, That definitely, and I'm with Phil. I actually think Rocky Balboa was a a good film.
0: Was a good movie. Rocky Balboa takes an awful lot of suspending disbelief because he was like 60. Like I don't care who you are, you're that old. You can't step into the ring and take that kind of beating. Like give me a George Foreman. But it was kind of a cool premise for real. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. No, Foreman was like 40. Ah, he was 60 in my mind. When he did all that. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> Still amazing. I'm not, let's not, uh, George Foreman's completely separate subject, <laughs> but I agree with you guys. It's five is the least entertaining, and it's the one that needs to go, and it made no sense. And, you yeah, know, I kind of like Rocky Balboa because Adrian wasn't in it anymore. Um, <laughs> overall, <laughs> I think she was <laughs> a lost leader for the series. Oh, leader. <laughs> <laughs> lost leader. <laughs> But Rocky Balboa, you had to accept that, like, okay, this is absolutely crazy, but I love Rocky, so I'm going to watch it. All right, tough one. Well, maybe not. Maybe this is easy. Uh, which Rocky fight was the best?
2: <sighs> Shit.
0: If, I, if I've looked at it from a,
2: a pure boxing standpoint, it's either in one or two, because that was really more about boxing. It became a little more unbelievable, even though three is by far my favorite. Because, you know, like, the you ain't so bad and blah, blah, blah. Oh, That's yeah, really yeah. not... If I'm looking at it as a boxing fan, it's, you know, like it, it's one or two, probably up until Creed, uh, I would have said the end of Rocky three is the best fight because you have no idea how it ended. It was the, as a kid, I can remember this is the coolest way I've ever seen a movie end where they are circling yeah. around each other and then they're about to punch each other's face. That's the coolest thing I, I saw in the entire series, but I think it's either one or two. I mean, they're both trying to get up. So maybe it's, it's two, right? Because they both try to get up at the same time and then Rocky's will gets him up so it might it might be too from a pure boxing standpoint not from an entertainment standpoint
1: i think the rematch against apollo creed is the best fight and that's what chuck's talking about right like that is that one it, it's the only time we we saw him fight the same person twice
0: no he fought clubber twice oh that's he right in clubber one movie twice. you're right you're he right lost yeah, the that's clubber right and then, and then he yeah. came back you're yeah. right you're right
1: it, was it they extended that the loss from creed occurred in rocky one and then the rematch was in rocky two is that how that happened
0: yep hmm yeah um, so I'm because gonna- the big deal in one was that nobody had ever gone the distance with Creed. Right, 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 right. And so, right. like, all he and, had to do it, to show up was. And it ends with
1: them both being wheeled into the hospital, and then Rocky II starts with them both being yeah. in the hospital and looking like the side of beef that he beat up in
0: Paul no, Rocky two starts with them being wheeled. in. I just watched it this weekend. That's why we're talking about this. Um,
1: oh, man. Ro- really?
0: Rocky one ended in the, in the ring. He's waiting for Adrian to come in. Oh, okay. It was every time. So,
1: but so Rocky two just picks up with the, <laughs> with the very end of it, right? Like they're being wheeled into the hospital right after that fight.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So
1: Chuck, what you were talking about, the the second fight against Apollo was where you kind of don't like, they both go down to the the canvas, right? and you're yes like, yeah yes. That, that's my favorite fight because i know the outcome and i still when i watch it, i'm like oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah like what's gonna happen well, here and i've seen it a hundred times that's the best one i think
0: yeah considering the way we've started the show and how many times we've disagreed i'm actually shocked that we get here but i'm i'm with you hey, guys i think it's rocky too man hey. it's the chance to see him beat apollo if i can I think
1: change apollo- you can change we can all <laughs> <laughs> well that
0: was amazing that was amazing <laughs> i wouldn't say that any of these movies have anything to do with like pure boxing i think they're all pretty absurd man uh, rocky one and two both those guys take an obscene beating but i think that the chance to see him win uh, i'm a sucker i'm a sucker for a happy ending i thought that one was uh, that one was my favorite of the fights so what is it that keeps bringing you back or people back to these rocky movies that are now you know like Rocky three is 40 years old. What what do you think keeps bringing everybody back or what brings you back, Phil? Well, so they've transitioned the
1: entire storyline into creed. So that's, that's their attempt to grab a younger audience, right? Like, and they're good movies. They're really good. Like that's, that's, and it's working. Yeah, absolutely. That's your new audience and they do a good job with it, but just Rocky, I think what Rocky is doing is what a lot of other Hollywood franchises did. Like once they have their hooks in a generation, like, all right, all of you dudes that are, uh, you know, saw all the Rocky movies. If we put another Rocky movie out there, you'll probably go see it. So what brings me back? Man, I don't know. Um, It's in some ways, in some ways, and I don't mean to put them in the same category, but in some ways, no different than the Top Gun movie we just talked about, right? Like there's that, feeling of nostalgia, right? Like this is how I felt when I was 10 and I saw that movie or this is how I felt when I was in high school and we watched that Rocky whatever together. So there's that feeling and they know it. It's all about a feeling. So they put that out there and everyone that's in our demographic is going to watch this movie, if not, you know, run to the theater to watch it, eventually watch it on some streaming streaming platform or whatever. So what brings me back is the fact that hey, you know what? this has been a part of my life for almost as long as I've been alive. In fact, the first movie came out before I was alive.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, you you,
1: you keep telling those stories and I'm going to, I'm a sucker for it.
2: At, At its baseline. It's, it's an underdog story and everybody loves to see an overachieving underdog against all odds cards stacked against you. You somehow find the way to win through will not through, not through talent, not through athletic ability, uh, through will so that's why i think a lot of people in our age demo like that movie and there's a bunch of other things really great characters really over the top characters as it gets later uh and and don't discount the score if you hear that score yeah, at absolutely. any point i still like it's still i can remember watching creed opening night in the theater and they waited and they waited and when you heard that score kick in like the hair on my arm stood up so i was just like Part of that, it's all, but at, at its baseline, it, it is because he is the ultimate underdog. And you can see a reflection of everyday guy who's got beat up by life, didn't know how to make ends meet, and, and he defied all odds. That's what it is for me, I think. That's why I continue to go back to those movies.
0: Yeah, I, I think you guys are both 100% right. It is, there's absolutely the same type of nostalgia that we saw in Top Gun, all the way down to the theme music. Yep. Same thing, man. Like hair going up, like it just. It's so exciting to hear the Rocky theme music come on. If I'm somewhere else in the house, I'm, I'm walking in the living room to, all right, cool. Rocky's on. Stop what we're doing. <laughs> you know? it, and it is that underdog, like, gosh, how is he going to do it? How, we all know how every single one of those movies is going to end, after the first one, at least. Uh, how's he going to do it? How's he going to, like, climb the mountain again and, and do this? And I think something hit me because I did. I ended up, there was a marathon of these on IFC this weekend. And that's how I, I started watching. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we should talk about this. This is fantastic. And watching the first one. And for the first time at 45 years old, seeing a, seeing it in a way that it was like, his life was such shit. He had no self-confidence. He had no way to believe that he was destined to be anything but a loser, but he finds he, he finally decides that, no, I'm going to be something else. And he goes out there and he does this like amazing thing and um, There's that part where he's in the arena like the night before, and he comments to the guy about how they got his shorts wrong, and they kind of blow him off, but you kind of see it like, no, f- you guys. This is my shot. You owe me to get this thing right. I saw something a little bit different this weekend that I hadn't seen before, but overall, it's fantastic. These movies are great. I'm going to have them on whenever they're on. I think, I think the Creed movies have been a great addition oh, yeah. once you take Rocky V out of the mix. <laughs> there really are no... <laughs> There really are no bad ones and all that, but fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that new Browns quarterback, Josh Rosen was signed this week and will be wearing the iconic number 19 on the field. That what? that. Yeah. Are you serious yeah. with that news? That would be troubling. If Josh Rosen was going to make it past <laughs> the second week of August, I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. I had no idea. that. The Guardians ended the first half of the season on a hot streak. And that continued as Jose Andres and Juan. What the fuck am I talking about? Who are those people? What did I write here? <laughs> Three Amigos. It was it was Jose Andres and what the hell is Classe's first name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Manuel. Juan. Juan. Jose. Roberto and Juan. Roberto. Who's Roberto? No, right. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> any um, any
1: Hispanic first names will do here. <laughs>
0: That was not my intent. I was going to do first bi- first names just so we sounded more colloquial. Um, it worked out fine. All right. Well, it's a great start to
2: the bloopers. But he's untouchable except for, you know, J-Ram and uh, Juan. Is that what you said? Was it Juan?
0: <laughs> yeah. And so this week, fellas, I thought we would don don. I think was my favorite of the fights. Um, Drago versus Apollo, probably number two. Um, you know, I'm just kidding. That's a, that's <laughs> like, it, yeah. Dra- Dra- Drago versus Apollo <laughs> I mean, was awful, tragic. Yeah, like, was, I can't. At least James it. Brown was
2: there, though. James yeah. Brown was there. Uh, James James Brown, open hardest up for that working fight, man in so. showbiz.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I can't. Watch that part of Rocky Four if it's on TV.: Yeah, I turn off, and I turn yeah. back for when he's driving his uh, Ferrari, and no easy way out is playing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah: yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> How many did you have before we started, Chuck? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Zero, oh, Zero. You mouthy were fine Chuck. Last week, man, I just Zero. enjoyed busting <laughs> your balls. Oh um, man,
1: that was the best, oh, mouthy man. Chuck. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was. I, I you was were great, I man. Was listening
2: to. It. Oh, it was good times. I I listened when I listened to it. I'm like, there's times where I'm I'm losing my breath because I'm yeah. so worked yeah. up I about this. So <laughs> <man, laughs> like no, man. You were all lathered up, you No, it was good. I was. I was.
0: I never. I loved it let's <clears throat> do, right. do it pound through three really quick we'll wait <laughs> maybe not okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, that mic is incredible man I, to pick up the sound of the ice clanking in your glass like that that's is nice. um that's that that's picking uh, well. shit up that's good
1: man i i know we're about to start but i i almost yeah. sent you guys this today because i just saw chuck's natty light can do, are you guys aware? So I'm at the grocery store picking up more beer as it's podcast Sunday. There's a there's a natty light called Natter Days, and it's like a yeah. it's like uh I don't know. It's like fruity don't know. It's like a shandy, right? Yeah. And then there's yeah.
2: I gotta find a yeah.
1: picture. I took a yeah. picture of both of them. Then there's a there's a natty called Natty Daddy. Oh, natty yeah. Daddy is eight yeah. percent alcohol.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's basically wine, brother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's still it's still like it's still like six dollars for a six. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Can you I imagine in college how great that oh, would have been? We you
1: were know? drinking the wrong shit. Why weren't oh. we getting natty daddy in college? They not, trust me, me, they didn't
0: have it. We would have, yeah, we would have been drinking it. Yeah, we were haven't. drinking natty ice when we were in college. Yeah. I,
1: I may uh, I may try. the... Have you tried the natty daddy? I'm not going to do the natter day. The natter no. day seemed a little.
0: I'm, I have I'm not grown up now. Yeah. Um, but
1: well, I'm drinking yeah. Miller Lite right now. Maybe one podcast I'll do some natty <laughs> daddy.
2: Maybe I should next Sunday get some because I'll be a Natty yeah, Daddy Yeah, you're for right. The second now that's... Time, so.
0: Now, see, that sponsorship just writes itself. Exactly. And this is f- from the...
1: It's about fatherhood, man. Like, I think we should yeah. be drinking Natty That's right.
0: Daddy. That's right. Yeah. All right. It's I'm probably, probably terrible. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> I'm going go it next weekend. All right. All right, I'm ready. Let's do it. <clears throat>
2: Like ap- apprehensive, but, but ready, um, Tuesday, 6 AM, uh, if it doesn't happen oh, tonight gotcha. or tomorrow, which mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna, I'm hoping that she had a, I don't know if it was like a couple days ago, she ran out to giant Eagle and said she had a contraction. So I was like, Oh no, you know, like, Oh, that's, that might be an issue. But, um, that was the last one. So and it might've been one of the, I don't know what they're called. It's like two last names, yeah. contractions that aren't Rex. real contractions. Not, it's Braxton Bra- it's there not it is Grand there Model. it is Braxton Bra- <laughs> Braxton Hicks
0: oh boy do I know a lot yeah,
2: yeah it's all
1: right hey we all have our no. lanes but she's doing good <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you for asking well she's, I thought she's maybe I'd right. have to have an emergency exit tonight all right I'm already gonna get another beer <clears throat> Miller Lite it's hardly beer
2: I, um, this is, this is going to be, sounds super weird for me. I almost have Rosario as untouched. You know what the thing is? Is that like, I'm, he's, I, I am just, I was so blinded by the experiment in the outfield. Like, you're not taking him for what he truly is. Probably one of the top, in the top three consistent hitters on this team for the last two years. And he's, and I, for some reason, I think he's like our age. He's not he's yeah. like 26. So I almost put him in untouched. Like I've been saying, you package him in Ray. but I think Rosario is almost untouchable. Like he, he contribute for this team for five years. Yeah. Like he, I'm, I am I was way off. I was he not, was making, he was it. making was unbelievable
1: defensive plays in this white Sox series that yeah, That's you, don't, you don't see that. You don't see that. Yeah. Exactly. You don't see we, well, right. one, we didn't expect right. it. And we don't, yeah. you don't see that in the box score. I mean, he was. There were a couple plays in the game. It was the second game of the doubleheader where we made that comeback late, where the team just couldn't hit until the seventh inning, right? Yeah. Um, Reyes made two or three ridiculous defensive plays to get a guy out by a step at first base to turn a double play. I was like, all right, man, this guy is. And he's, always, he's been hitting all
0: year. Um, you know what? But no, yeah, you know what? He, all year. He started yeah. off really slow. He started off really slow at the beginning. First month and a half was bad and he has he has pulled himself out of it and he's was gotten he? to that point where he was at the end of last year where because he's hitting pretty you're not gonna average, be surprised huh? if he hits for the cycle almost in a game. Yeah, like, oh he's just well, that's just the way he's hitting now. But here's he? the here's the ultimate problem is um he's a good solid shortstop and a solid hitter, and Andres Jimenez might be a superstar. So you're. Well, yes. You know, Absolutely so I don't agree. know. Again, Rosario's too tall to play second base. We figured that out last year. So um, this is
1: our, our, our <laughs> infield right now with the guys we have on the
2: roster. Can
0: he play first? Man, can no, you teach no, him to man. play I first? Trying to teach
1: him to play outfield. at third, J Ram at second, and Jimenez at short, except no one's going to sign up for that. But that's exactly where the height of those Boy, players should be. That's <laughs>
0: interesting. <laughs> From a purely. <laughs> Um, didn't j-ram play second base when he first came up yes yes did they move him around some in the infield yeah yeah
1: Yeah, he was a second baseman in the minors a lot and he he did jump back and forth but i get it like you you've got
0: a one of the one of the i I think top
1: players in major league baseball if he wants to play third (laughs) that's where he's playing right
0: you know what i i think as I thought about this today too, Chuck, after I saw Rosario get like three hits in the game today and hit the ball hard every time he was up, I think. Um, How can you move on from this guy right now? But I think the actual way to look at it is this is the perfect time to move him um, because his trade value cannot be higher than it is right now. He's absolutely scorching the ball. Uh, But that
1: guy better get you a major league Yeah starter back, whatever position we're going for. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know who is, is, who, what, what contender is looking for a shortstop. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like they probably all got him. you know, maybe they look at him as a second baseman. They're not concerned about the height or maybe it's the third base or third base. Yeah. Or maybe they just need a bat. Maybe they're just saying like, Hey, we need a guy who's going to hit two eighty the rest of the way. And that guy's definitely going to do that. Uh,
1: you know who needs yeah. a guy like that is the Yankees cuz they just need more and more and more. Yeah. Um yeah. but I
2: I was going to say the Guardians. I right, do. We You're we right. actually
1: do. We absolutely need a guy like that. How can we trade for a Mad Rosario? <laughs> yeah, me
2: neither. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: How do they let that happen?
0: It's it's the number's not retired. But I don't care
1: if you're an owner of that franchise. <laughs> you say, Josh, hey, right. pick eighteen, <laughs> you know, or something else.
2: Zero, yeah. pick yeah. zero. What yeah. the hell?
0: I think it's oh. more along the line of Josh, pick whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> we just need you to throw to the fourth string wide receiver so we can pick who we want to keep. <laughs> Man,
1: you can't you can't let him wear nineteen. I had no idea. That's He's crazy. Still-
0: I don't I don't think I guess maybe <laughs> he plays in some preseason games. Will he be the first person to wear nineteen since Kozar left? No. Wasn't um had, no, was Braylon
1: Edwards nineteen? No, he was seventeen. They had they had wide receivers who who wore nineteen but never a quarterback after yeah, Kozar. Never
0: a quarterback, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and as far as I know, like what was the one wide receiver was a decent wide receiver, made the team, wore nineteen, and like reached out to Kozar. And Kozar was like, Yeah, like you're all right, man. Like, yeah. You're yeah. good.
0: Like we're, yeah. I don't care. You think Rosen reached out no. to Kosar?
1: This is what I mean. Like, how does this happen?
2: <laughs>
1: what do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown here would amuse you?